You're listening to a word from the Lord, the podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. My name is Pastor Michael Eton. I'm your host, as well as I serve as a senior pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church right here in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. And we're so glad that you're listening to our podcast. I also serve as co-founder of A Word from the Lord Ministry, Inc., before we get into the word today, I want to tell you about our ministry. It is our vision here to share the Bible teaching ministry of myself and my lovely wife. Uh, we want to use mass media to expose Christ's teaching through us to the widest audience as possible. Uh, our vision is to use movies, television, radio social media conferencing and the arts and our written books to equip the body of Christ. And the way that we continue in this ministry is through the vision is made possible by the generous donation of the people who support Word from the Lord Inc., which is a registered 501c3 organization. And if God uses this ministry today to encourage your heart, mind, and soul in Christ Jesus, we want to consider, I want you to consider whether you can support our ministry. Visit our website at awftl with Dr. Michael and Kimberly Eton.org. Again, our website is www.awftl with Dr. Michael and Kimberly Eton.org. All spelled out. You can call us at our 800 number, 1-855-510-1397. Again, our number is 1-855-510-1397. And today we want to thank you for tuning in. And now we're going to take you to the Bethlehem Baptist Church where I serve as the senior pastor. And it is Sunday, February the 25th. Uh, 2024 and we're sharing a message entitled uh, the events of sanctification the events of sanctification we're going to be looking at first corinthians chapter 7 verses 12 through 14 first corinthians chapter 7 verse 12 through 14 and now without any further ado let's get into the service where we'll get Amen. It's wonderful hearing Sister Tony play that organ this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are so happy that you're in the household of the Lord this morning and we've come to worship him. And one of the ways that we worship him is in our giving. Amen. It's time for our offering. Praise the Lord. Well, we can do a little better than that. It's time for offering. Praise the Lord. Our giving determines what? Our living. Amen. Let's worship God in our giving. Amen. Let's all stand. Start from the back. Face the wall.
Lord, we thank you once again for being so great to us, Lord. Offering be stored in the kingdom of heaven in your storehouse. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. A few announcements before we get in the word. And we always encourage the saints to make this place what God said it should be, a house of prayer. And I send out the pastor's text with the prayer list on it. And we want you to continue to intercede on behalf of of those who are on the prayer list. Amen. Amen. Amen and praise the Lord. Uh, a couple of activities are going on today. Today at 3 p.m., John Roberts will be celebrating his pastor and wife's anniversary at Macedonia there in Ardmore. Another friend of our ministry is celebrating uh, his anniversary today, Pastor Aaron Rushing. A roughing and at 3 p.m. over there in Ada at the Philemon Baptist Church and uh, allow the spirit to move you to go and join in fellowship and encourage and give. Uh, two other announcements uh, for the future on March the 10th, uh, St. Stephen's will be celebrating their pastors and wife, uh, Willie Irving and Anita. Uh, 23rd uh, pastor and wife's anniversary at 3.30 there in Duncan, Oklahoma. And we're excited about that. And March the 17th, uh, 2020 at 3 p.m. over there at Mount Carmel in Winniewood. Um, pastor Sheldon and his lovely wife will be celebrating their 17th anniversary. Amen. Amen. So we have a lot going on and move as the Spirit leads you. And Sister Demetra Stevens also sent a letter I'm going to post out of all the youth uh, activities uh, that are coming up uh, February through August. So uh, we need to govern ourselves accordingly. Amen. Amen and praise the Lord. We it's been challenging us to reach the goal, to reach more in 2024. Bethlehem! Reach more in 2024. Oh, that sounds good. Let's do that again. Bethlehem! Reach more in 2024. And we want to, in praying that God would add 25 new families with, with uh, 15 baptism. And we're talking about saved and sanctified baptisms, not just going... Uh, under the water and disappearing, but coming out of the water to serve. Amen. Amen. True soul salvation. Amen. And that's our goal. I want you to continue to pray about that. And I mentioned this last week. Sister Eton is being recognized in her hometown, Houston, Texas, with the President's Lifetime Achievement Award. And we're so excited. That's April 7th. I want you to be in prayer for that. And uh, we're glorifying God for all that he's doing in the life of our church. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you should want to attend, ask Sister Eton. She'll give you more information about that. Amen? Amen. And praise the Lord. We're continuing in the series coming to the end. This is the uh, 
second to last uh, sermon in this series called The Corinthians Road to Singleness, Love, and Marriage. And we've been standing on all night long, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 18, which challenges us as Christians to flee sexual immorality. For every sin that a man does is outside of the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. And we've been taking this Corinthian road as we're in the book of Corinthians. And uh, you can follow this uh, with the links uh, that I will send out a little later today in the pastor's text. And, uh, and we're excited about uh, today's word, the events of sanctification. And uh, we're going to be reading this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 12 to 14. Would you please stand in reverence? To the word of God, stand symbolically saying that I will stand on the word of God. We're going to read this out loud together on three. One, two, three. Amen. You may be seated in the household of the Lord. May God only bless the doers of his holy and magnificent word. Today we're sharing a message entitled The Events of Sanctification. We're going to share on around three points. The Holy Spirit gives us utterance. We're going to talk about the staying mate, the sticking mate, and the sanctifying mate. The staying mate the sticking mate, and the sanctifying mate. We want Christians to know today that Christians who are married to unbelievers should not seek a divorce. Christians who are married to unbelievers should not seek a divorce. We're going to look at this brief video. One question is, how can we encourage those who are married to unbelievers? Well, first and foremost, you might find yourself in a marriage. There's two ways, two general ways that you could find yourself in a marriage where there's a believer and an unbeliever. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, not to be unequally yoked with a non-believer. That idea there of being yoked is a, is a farming term where you'd have two oxen and they were different and so it caused a problem in farming. So he's using that as a word picture to say to not be unequally yoked with a non-believer. That could be in business and that certainly could be in marriage. And so there are sometimes there are Christians who marry an unbeliever. Maybe they didn't know that that was a command not to do that or maybe they knew and kind of thought that they knew better than what God did and they find themselves in this marriage now. Well, I think the first order of business for that is then to repent and to to confess your sins before the Lord uh, in that. Some marriages start that way and it's never addressed. Now, most likely the question comes from someone who maybe they were both unbelievers when they got married and one of them became a believer. So then what do we do then? 
Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 tells us that if you're married to an unbeliever, and this applies to the other situation as well, do not divorce them. Do not leave them, especially if they want to stay. If they want to stay married to you, then that's good. Stay married to them. Uh, and so then that kind of poses the question, well, how do I do that? How should I act? What should I do? And I think that's the heartbeat of that question. Well, I think there's two ways to address that. And that's this is the second way that people can be married to a non-believer, that you didn't start that way, but then somewhere along the marriage, one of you became a believer. So here's one admonition that comes from for husbands. In Ephesians 5.25, in that famous passage that Paul gives, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's an unconditional a command in this sense. Your love for your wife isn't dependent on whether she deserves it or not, or whether she has earned it or not, because Christ died for us, the Bible tells us, while we were still sinners. Amen. And praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. Uh, talking about today the events of sanctification. We've been looking at this same map, and we always are reminded that the Bible happened in true history and true places and is, is relevant even to this day. I always like to show you where Jerusalem is on this map, but we're looking at uh, the Corinthian letters and we're taking the Corinthian rose to love, singleness, and marriage. This word this morning is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult because marriage in itself can be difficult. Uh, and you don't even really have to have two crazy people in the marriage for it to be difficult. Uh, you can have two rational, normal people in marriage and it still would be difficult um, because you are two different people. Now when you were dating, it seemed like you had everything in common. But after you get married, you will realize, and some of you will think you've got nothing in common. But yet you have married, and marriage can be difficult, and our society has really, really not put marriage in the place that it should be. As I have said throughout this whole series, 70% of our households don't even have a marriage in it. And 50% of Anglo-Saxons household don't have a marriage in it. Uh, so it's an all-out assault on marriage. And uh, it says of, of the marriage, of the 30% of the marriages that are in our household, possibly in our households, 50% of those will end in divorce. So our culture has utterly destroyed marriage and the meaning of marriage and the importance of marriage. And uh, speaking of that, we do want to celebrate uh, our dear brother and sister for 51 years of marriage. Amen? Sister Audrey and Bill Jones. And we are excited about that 51 years uh, but if they were here today, they would let you know that 
that was probably nothing easy about those 51 years. Hello, somebody. And, and in our culture, in our world today, uh, we know that it's not easy, just generally. But what makes marriage even more difficult is the marriage that we're going to be applying or talking about today. It's when a Christian is married to an unbeliever. Let me say that again. That could be one of the most difficult tasks. Is when a Christian is married to an unbeliever. As the man said in the video, either they uh, dated like a lot of Christian folk. They don't apply God's truth to their dating. Uh, we tell you that God's word says don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. As the man said in the video, um, you really shouldn't be dating unbelievers. Let me say that again. Because most Christians, they like the world and they have a standard that they set for themselves. And that standard usually is, is how the person looks um, and uh, how tall that person is, how much money that person should make. Hello, somebody. And they never put God in the equation because uh, there's some Christian folk who married somebody who's as tall as they wanted them to be, as rich as they wanted them to be. Hello, somebody. Looked as good as they wanted them to be, but find themselves catching hell in their marriage. Because what literally happens is they're sleeping with the enemy. Woo. Because you didn't put God in your relationships. And you find yourself now married to somebody that's unsaved or somebody that may be a Christian but is acting unsaved. Woo. Or immature Christians can have some of the same effects. But then what Christians want to do is they, they didn't put God in it in the first place. Um, and they find themselves married to somebody that's not saved and then now they want to put God in it and they seek God and they think, surely God wouldn't want me to stay in this mess. Surely God wouldn't want me to stay married to somebody that's unsaved, so in their own flesh, they uh, want to seek a divorce. They want to seek a divorce. But God's word says different, and that's how and why we see what such a high standard of marriage is to God, because it says under part number one, the staying mate, that, oh, if a brother has a wife, who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Hello, somebody. You'd have thought God, because he said before they got married, you'd not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, but now he says, stay yoked to an unbeliever. Woo! Stay yoked. 
an unbeliever. There's a method to God's madness. We're going to learn a little later. But brother, if you are seeking a divorce, you are not in the will of God. Oh, let me say that again. Brother, if you are seeking a divorce, you're not in the will of God because number one, whether you are too saved, folk, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says you should seek a divorce. Hello, somebody. And then you say, but I'm married to somebody that's unsaved, and the text says today that you shouldn't seek a divorce. That's how high God placed on marriage. If she is willing to stay, hello somebody, if she is willing to stay, do not seek a divorce. Woo, God, don't you know the hell I'm going through? Don't you know the hell I had to go through to get here this morning? She didn't even want me to be here this morning. Don't seek a divorce. She don't want me to tithe. Don't seek a divorce. Uh, she's not meeting my needs. Don't seek a divorce. Woo! This is grown folk business. I told you marriage is grown folk business. It's not for children. It's not for people who live by their emotions. God says in his word, brother man, I know Sister Sally at work thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread and is smiling in your face. Hello, somebody. Smiling in your face. But don't buy into the lie. Hello, somebody. There's one man in a very difficult marriage. And he was a righteous and holy man. And his wife was unsaved. And she treated him like, I can't even say it from the pulpit. At his job, there in Dallas, Texas, there was a, a, a young lady who was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader that was smiling in his face. He asked the preacher, what? Should I do? My wife is treating me crazy. My wife is unsaved. What should I do, preacher? I got this Dallas Cowboy chili that's smiling in my face, and you know how much of a Cowboy fan I am. <laughs> and the preacher told him, don't seek a divorce. Be faithful to your wife. Oh, man of God, you're supposed to be holy. You're supposed to be the Christian in the relationship. Woo! So you should be applying Christian standards in the relationship. So, so preacher, uh, you may say, I'm like him, but what should I do? I'm glad you asked. Oh, since you didn't obey the word of God in the beginning by being unequally yoked to a believer, you need to start where you are and apply the word of God. No, don't seek a divorce. What do I do, preacher? She's treating me like I'm crazy. Now, this could be a man in a Christian marriage, because I've seen some Christian marriages. It's tough. 
They like Ike and Tina, tough. Hello, somebody. Boxing one another, just tough. Hello, somebody. But, but, but to that man, God says, this is what you must do. First of all, Proverbs, ah, no, no, let me start here. This is what you need to do. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave him up for her. Ha, and folks say, well, do I need to love him, love my wife like Christ loved the church? Did the, the church love Christ? Oh, really? Don't you know some church folk that put Jesus on the cross? It was the religious people. It was the priests. In modern day times, it would have been the bishops. It would have been the elders. It, 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 it would have been the apostles that put Jesus on the cross. Ah, I mean, we like to say when he was being crucified that he never said a mumbling word. Woo! You need to love her in such a way that you never say a mumbling word. You see, your problem is, is you're telling the cowboy cheerleader what she's not doing for you in your relationship and it's leaving you open to temptation because you're talking about that uh, to the side chick about your wife. Hello, somebody. God says if you love her, you'll never say a mumbling word against her. Woo! Because your love should cover a multitude of sin in her life. This morning in Sunday school, we learned the importance of forgiveness. And to forgive perpetually. And usually when I teach that text, similarly, Maury said this morning, I said uh, it was a married person who asked that question. Because only a married person can be that close to an individual where they will do something against you all day long. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and you have to forgive all day long. Other folk ain't that close to you to offend you that much. Your job, once you leave your job, you can have peace or should have peace at home. It's that married person. God, what should you do? You should love her whether she is saved or unsaved. You should love her as Christ loved the church. Don't say a bad word about her. Woo! Especially not to your family, not to your boys. Not hello, somebody. Cause, and I tell grown folk, uh, grown folk don't tell their business to nobody. Don't tell your marriage business to your family. What, and, and what you think your family going to do when you forgive him or her? That, that the family at the family, you ain't going to be looking at them cross-eyed. Say, hey, this is, this is how you treated my daughter. Looking at him cross-eyed. Don't tell your marriage business to nobody. H hello, somebody. H hello, somebody. Everybody should think your marriage is brilliant. Hello, somebody. How did he love? Jesus never said a mummy word. Didn't say anything against her, if you would. And what else did he do? He died. That's why I tell men all the time. 
You're in a difficult marriage. The only way you're going to survive it is that you have to die. What does that mean, Reverend? Most men complain about not getting enough sex. You got to die. Somebody, you got to die. You got to stop being so selfish. And the problem with our community today is that men are so selfish to the point where they don't even marry at all. Hello, somebody. They don't marry at all. They're so selfish they can't give up themselves. And, 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 and that's why they don't get married. They say, not. Oh, my sex life is good. It's the married people's sex life that ain't good. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. One preacher said, I have to teach my single folk not to have sex. You got to teach my marriage folk to have sex. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but that's the way the devil works against us. But when you're dying, man, when you're dying, none of that will matter. Hello, somebody. You've got to die daily. You've got to give yourself up for her. In the area of the finances, I tell men all the time, your money should go on the bills. And if anybody has free money, she should have free money. Woo-wee. Oh, y'all can give me a tip. I'm going to stand at the back of the door. Y'all give me a tip even out. <laughs> your money should go on the bills. Man, be so selfish and they refuse to pay the bills and buying rims. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. You got to die to yourself. You got to give yourself over. And you got to give up financially. You got to die to yourself. You got to die for her. And that's what makes a happy wife. Hello, somebody. Whether she's saved or unsaved. Matter of fact, Jesus says, the word says that the way you treat a person could end up getting them saved. Hello, somebody, if they're unsaved. The way you help a marriage is you got to give yourself up for her. Give yourself up. Stop being so selfish. Hello, somebody. Don't you dare be in her presence. And you just on the phone. <laughs> you just on the phone. Now, if the Queen of England was in your presence, would you be on your phone? Would you be on your phone? If the king and even though it don't even have to be president, if former President Barack Obama was at uh, in your living room, I heard you, brother. <laughs> would you be on your phone? Nine times out of ten, if you got good sense, they will have your undivided attention because of who they are. What does the Bible say? In Proverbs 18, 
22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Your problem is you can't even recognize a good thing. You're complaining about what she don't do. What does what do she do? Hello, somebody. Right. Hello, somebody. Statistic tells us men are blessed by being married. Hell of somebody. Statistically, they live longer, more healthier, eat right, all, all because of being married. And the thing about it is, they say that it can even be a difficult marriage and a man still benefits from that. As a matter of fact, they say the difference between a good marriage and a bad marriage, the only difference is, is the way they communicate, how they handle conflict. They deal with the same amount of conflict, but it's how they handle it. So men, you're married to somebody who is unsaved or somebody acting unsaved. Hello, somebody. You've got to love her as Christ loved the church. Jesus died for the church. And you've got to die. And I always say to men, not, not only do you have to die, but don't stay dead. Raise again on the third day, which means that God is transforming you. With any man being Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passing away. And behold, you become brand new. Your thoughts, your actions, your attitudes will change because hello, Sunday school, you have a maturing faith. Marriage is for grown folk, for mature folk, in Jesus' name. So if you are saved and married to somebody unsaved, don't seek a divorce. If you're saved and married to somebody that's acting unsaved, God will say, don't seek a divorce. Hello, somebody. Now, that's the man. That's the man. So let's see what the Bible says that the woman should do if she is saved and she's married to somebody that's um not saved, and we'll say acting unsaved. The first thing we learned was about the staying mate. Now let's see what the sticking mate. This is the woman that we're talking about today as we talk about today the events of sanctification. The sticking mate, it says, and if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and is willing to live with her, Hello, she must not seek a divorce. Woo! She must not seek a divorce. Wow. Again, the Bible says you not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, but you decide to do it or it just happened. Both were unsaved when you first met and one, and you got saved. The woman got saved. In the flesh, you think, well, God wants me to be with another Christian man. God wants me to be with a holy, godly Christian man. So surely I have the option to divorce him. No. Nope. Bible says if he's willing to live with her. And guess what? Saints love to live with sinners. And vice versa a lot of times. Woo! In other words, men who act and live ungodly love to have a Christian woman. 
Because a Christian woman is different. Now, a man will do anything with uh, somebody that we would call, uh, what's the best way to put it, without trying to put somebody down. Uh, uh, the young people used to say side chicks. Okay, side chicks. Now, they'll deal with side chicks, but when they're looking to get married, See, they'll, they'll go to the club and find them a side chick, but when they're looking to get married, many times they go to the church. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And, and he come in here just like Beelzebub. And y'all think Beelzebub was ugly. The devil wasn't ugly. Hello, somebody. The devil was beautiful. Hello, somebody. The devil was an angel of God. And so, since they in the church, you look at him and you say, oh, look at that angel. <laughs> and, and you fall in love. And he comes to the church. The devil comes to the church looking for a good woman. He's going to marry a, a good Christian woman. And we seem to think that, oh, that anybody who walks through the doors is a Christian. That's a life on the pit of hell. The devil comes to church more than Christian folk. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. And he don't miss nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and when, 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 and, and if you come to our garage, uh, you know, the garage is made for the car, but because there are shoes in the garage don't mean that the shoe is a car. <laughs> Hello, somebody. I ain't going to tell you whose shoes are in the garage, because that could be a sensitive situation in our household. Uh, so I ain't going to tell you whose shoes they are. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but those shoes are not, a, uh, are not a car because they're in the garage. So Jerry shows up, and he, he wants to find himself a good wife, uh, and, and he'll get him a good church girl. Hello, somebody. And she falls in love. Because, again, he has all those things to market. Making a lot of money. He, boy, he was spending that money on you. <laughs> he tall, dark, and, and, and handsome. <laughs> he says all the right words. That's when you need to be careful, ladies. <laughs> if you are in a relationship and a man is saying all the right words, that's satanic. That's satanic. That's why the Bible says charm is deceitful. Hello, somebody. He's saying all the right words. Telling you what you want to hear. Telling you. Uh, it shouldn't be that charming. Hello, somebody. That's right. Watch his actions. Hello, somebody. But when you fall in love, you, you just watch and lose. I said, man, anything I ever fell into wasn't a good thing. Hello, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, somebody. So now you find yourself married to this person, and now you figure out that he is not of God. And because he's not of God, what you want to do is you want to divorce him. No, 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 no. What the word says. 
Word says if he's willing, and guess what? He's going to be real willing because you are a good woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to be willing <laughs> to live with you because you are a good woman. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows you're a good woman. Everybody knows he's Beelzebub. <laughs> but he wants to live with you. And the Bible says she what? Must not divorce him. Woo! Preacher, you don't know how much hell he putting me through. Preacher, he won't pay the bills when we were or when we were marrying, he was paying my bills. When we got married, he stopped paying the bills. <laughs> hell somebody. When we were dating, he was saying all the right things. Now he's saying all the wrong things. Hello, somebody. So surely God don't want me to stay in this relationship. Huh? This is what the word of God says. If he is willing to live with you, you must not divorce him. Ooh, that's how high God's. Measures marriage because he's really not concerned about your happiness. He's concerned about your holiness. And many people to be happy, they compromise on holy. And because they compromise on holy, they will never be happy because the devil is a liar. And, he, and you borrow the lies he was telling you. As opposed to looking at his actions. Who was it said that if somebody tell you what they are, believe it? Was that the poet? Who was that? They tell you who you are. Believe it. You you married, you you think about marrying him, and he tells you he got six kids with seven different baby mamas. Tell them you say they don't add up. They don't add up because he don't know he got some children in the world. <laughs> Hell somebody. That's what we know about what he has. Hello, somebody. Do not seek a divorce. This is hard, preacher. I didn't come here to listen to this. I'm ready to go home. It was good when you was talking about the man. Now you talk about me. <laughs> So what do you do when you're in such difficult marriage? I I'm glad you asked, sister girl. <laughs> this is what you do. First Peter uh, 3, 1 and 2. Wise, oh no he didn't. Submit yourselves to your own Husbands. Oh, no, you didn't tell me to submit. You done lost your ever-loving mind. I already told you he's like Beelzebub. And you tell me to submit to him? You done lost your ever-loving mind, preacher. I'm getting up. I'm leaving. Okay. First of all, let's say what submit is. Submit it comes from uh, uh, the English word yield. Yield. And most people 
who get on the freeway, they have good driving skills. They will, now some of y'all don't. <laughs> but, 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 but if you don't want to get a ticket, getting on the freeway, you have to do what? You have to yield, which means you cannot hit the car that's coming on to you. The Bible says you don't need to be hitting your husband. You know how you hit him? I'm not even talking about physically. In an argument. I tell men all the time, don't argue with a woman. You say, why preacher don't I argue with a woman? Because you can't win, that's why. That's like me getting in the ring with an MMA fighter. Hello, somebody. And MMA fighters, oh, they're going wrong. And also, you, you think you done blocked the, 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 the punch, and then they'll kick you upside the head. You be laid out. That's what a man is, arguing with a woman. Because you can't win. And this is what the Bible is saying. A woman, yield to your husband. Don't argue with him. But preacher, I'm right. I know the Bible says you're wrong because you're unyielding. You're unyielding. Hello, somebody. But, but it says, uh, women, in the same way, submit, yield yourself to your own husband so that if any, oh, look at here, wait a minute. If any of them who what? Do not believe the word, what? Maybe one over with every word you done cussed them out with. <laughs> oh, yeah, some of y'all, some of us still cuss. Hello, somebody. Steve Harvey College, Christianity 101. I ain't got that far yet. When you gonna get that far? <laughs> you mean I can win him over? A woman? I can win him over without saying a word? Man, that's deep. That's deep because women are good at saying words. The, the, the reason that is, 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 is they, they can use both sides of their minds at the same time. Whereas men, we're more logical. We can only use one side of our brain at a time. So whenever you enter in an argument, that is two against one. <laughs> and that's why God says you must be yielding and you must what? They may be won over without words by what? The behavior of their wives. Woo! Don't seek a divorce. Be holy and godly when they see what? When they see the pure and what? Reverence of your lives. Woo! Your husband couldn't get saved because you live purely before him. You don't argue with him. You live purely before him. You live in reverence in your lives. Because God says in verse 4, brother, that it should be that 
of your inner self, the unfading beauty of what? Of a gentle and what? Quiet spirit. Hello, strong black woman. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. God says, I want, you, I want you to yield to me. I want you to put that man in my hands. I want you to stop fighting him. I want you to just live holy and pure. I want you to, uh, uh, what they say, I think in Chicago all the time, I want you to say less. Act out your Christian behavior. Because in doing so, I, I want you to be gentle. I want you to have a quiet spirit. I, I explain it this way. When you, when, you, when you come at me like a man, I'm nine times out of ten going to treat you like a man. Let me say that again. You come at me like you're a man, one of the butt heads. Hey, we we gonna butt. Not to say that it's the right thing to do. It's just a fleshly reaction. And naturally, I have to die to myself that I don't act like that. But if you catch me off guard, if you come to me like a man, you're going to get treated like a man. But this thing happens. If my wife talks to me gentle and quiet, she can get anything she wants. Let's say that again. She... She then gentle and quiet. She can get anything she wants. It works. The Bible calls it respect. A man desires respect and a woman desires love. And God says, oh, for the man to love his wife and for the woman to respect him. You know, the more I respect you, the less I'm probably going to say around you. I told people about uh, my father in the ministry, E.K. Bailey. I was real quiet around him and was listening. I was not like some of them other uh, preachers trying to have a debate against him and what they believe that's different than him. When I was around him, I was quiet and I was listening because I respected him. Gentle and quiet spirit, which what is of great worth in God's sight. Sounds chauvinistic, preacher. No, it's not chauvinistic. It's biblical. And it works. Just try it. Just try it. Uh, Just like with tithing. It seems odd. To give away 10% of my income and to think that I'm going to get more with less. Let me say that again. 
It seems a bit odd for some people to think they're going to give away 10% and get more with the 90%, and that's what God is trying to say in your marriage. Tied in your marriage. Do less and see how much you'll get more. Stop arguing with it. Stop arguing with it. This, this is very important because their salvation could be on the line. And I'm going to tell you what this whole message was all about and why God says to do that. And, and that's just his last point, the sanctifying mate. It says, for the husband, or for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is being sanctified through her believing husbands. Otherwise, your children will be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. God says, if you apply this word and don't seek a divorce, there's a sanctification process that happens. That sanctification process could be that because you apply God's word in that area, that they could give their life to Jesus Christ. They can be saved. It's not a promise for that, but he does say that they, the children will be sanctified. And he says, otherwise your children will be holy. Now, the reason I can preach this is because I grew up in this kind of marriage. My mama was a Christian woman who loved the Lord with all her heart, mind, and soul, and she ended up being married to Beelzebub. You know him. I uh, Bethlehem. I call him my stepmaster. Anybody that I hated uh, on planet Earth, uh, it was my stepmaster. Oh, but God uh, showed me his power in the way that my mother treated uh, this man who I thought deserved no respect, uh, who I thought deserved no honor. Uh, what she did uh, is she humbled herself uh, uh, upon the mighty hand of God. Uh, and when she humbled herself, oh, she was submissive to him. She was yielding to him. Or testimony I have every year, one thing I love to do was to go to my grandmother's house. I look forward to do that every year. I wanted to go to grandmama's house because my sister was there with my grandmother. So I got to see my grandmother and my sister and all the rest of the family because I my household was crazy. So I looked forward and every year, oh, my stepdaddy told her that she couldn't go. Every year, she, he told, no, you can't go. Oh, don't you know that when she submitted to him that we only miss going to grandmother's house oh, only one time and that was because it snowed. Hello, somebody, I'm telling you what I've seen for myself and how God Oh, use this marriage. Oh, that I would say as a young child was unredeemable. It was had no kind of redeeming process. But don't you know that I was holy in this marriage? I, the child, oh, it says, and they were holy. I was holy in this marriage because I saw God in this marriage. So guess what? I saw how God was working in the life of this marriage, in the life of my mother, to the point that I gave my life 
to Jesus Christ. Oh, I said, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I was made holy. Oh, and don't you know, most people will look at me. Oh, right here and now, they think, oh, that I am Theo who came from, oh, the hostable household. No, I, it's the principle of God. I really was Eddie from the monsters. Hello, somebody. But God sanctified me in this marriage shop. My mother would not get a divorce. She stood on that thing. Even when she had an answer for the divorce, she stayed. And because she stayed, I was sanctified. And now, don't you know, all of the stuff uh, that I get to do. Uh, oh, I heard words from a preacher. They said, Eton. Oh, I didn't know Eton was hanging out with the bishops over there in California. Oh, Eton is hanging out with the bishops. Oh, the only way I know I got to hang out with the bishop, I got to be the pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church. God, I got to write so many books and go so many places. It's because in that marriage, I was sanctified. I saw God and I saw him work and I saw him move and God moved in my life. And as a result, folk think I come from a good and godly family. No, I had a good and godly influence in an unhealthy marriage. Oh, but God sanctified me, not only me, but sanctified my sister. Hello, somebody. She's living for God there in Colorado Springs. She's giving her life to Jesus Christ. She has some struggles in her life with drug addiction, but God had delivered her because of that mother oh, who wouldn't give up on God and wouldn't give up on her family, on her marriage, on her children, and she's living for the Lord. We both were sanctified and saw God in this marriage. That's why it's so important, woman of God, if you are hello somebody, married to somebody that's unsaved. <laughs> Woo! It sanctifies the children. Hello somebody. See, as I grow older, I realized I needed what my stepdaddy gave me. You see, he wasn't the perfect example of a man, but he was a man. Hello, somebody. He paid all the bills. It's a perfect example for me. My mother didn't have to pay for anything. Hello, somebody. He provided for the family. He protected the family. Nobody in their right mind would end up in our household, but they, they could get it. Hello, somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah, they could get it. You, you, want, you want to bring the heat at that household? Oh, they could get it. <laughs> and, and I needed that toughness. I needed that example of a man in my life. Hello, somebody. That's why I ain't never scared. I ain't scared of nobody. I have to. I grew up with the monsters. Hello, somebody. Some people say they grew up in the streets. The streets grew up in me. 
Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Hang never scared. You can get it. You can get it right now. Hell, no, 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 no. That's he time in the flesh. <laughs> we don't want to go there. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to get. We don't want to go there. <laughs> Hello, somebody. But I needed that. So that I wouldn't grow up and live by my emotions. You know, if I was living by my emotions and didn't have that example of a, a, a man, I would have quit the ministry long before I got to Bethlehem. Because there was monsters at my first church. Tell somebody. There was a man that looked exactly like my stepdad. Deacon. Never thought he was going to scare me away. Like I said, hey, I've been dealing with monsters my whole life. And guess what? His name was on the cornerstone, but he wasn't there at the end of my term. And it wasn't because I fought, it's because I let God fight for me. Hello, somebody. So that's a method to God's madness. And we got to start where we are. Ain't none of us perfect. Ain't none of us going to have the perfect marriage. Tell somebody. But we got to start where we are and apply God's word to our lives. Man, I've been going over all this series. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm out of time. All eyes closed. Heads about St. Supreme. Before we leave today, we, almost, we always have to extend this personal invitation for you to give your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you're here today and you don't ever remember the time that you've given your life to Jesus Christ, we want you to slip out of your seat right now. You slip out of your seat right now and say, Hi, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. He loved me enough to die for me and to be buried and raised again on the third day. So today, I decide to give my life to him. If you're here today and want to accept and make that decision, I want you to come forward right now and say, I want to give up on my life. I tried it my way, and it just never seems to work out. I, I want to try it God's way. Sit out of your seat right now. In Jesus' name, we'll lead you into a prayer of salvation. You may be here today, and you don't have a church home. We're always extending this personal invitation. As a matter of fact, we've been praying that God would add 25 new families to our household this year. And you could be in that count if God leads you to come forward today and join the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. I want you to come forward right now in Jesus' name. Come forward right now in Jesus' name. You may need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. 
You can rededicate your marriage. It's difficult, but... And you've been seeking God and wanting to know what God says about your marriage and you discover something that you wasn't expecting, but you say today, yes to God, I will obey. I rededicate my life and my marriage to Christ. You can sit by your seats right now. Is there one? You may need prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You can come forward right now. We will pray for you today in Jesus' name. You may have a call to preach. Haven't submitted to that call. And I want you to come forward today and give your life and your service to Christ. Stop fighting him. You need to submit to him. You need to become yielding to him. In Jesus' name. Is there one today? Is there one? Now you don't have to make most of these decisions in public right now. You may be here and need to be baptized. You gave your life to Jesus Christ, but you were never baptized. If you come forward right now, we're willing to baptize you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit of God. That's the first step of obedience, your first public profession of faith. And if you have not done that, I want you to come forward right now. Is there one decision that needs to be made today? Again, most of these decisions, you can come and talk to me after the service, and we will guide you what you should do. Amen. And praise the Lord. Would you please stand? Would you please stand? As I give the benediction, shall we pray? Father God, we come today, Lord, just want to thank you and praise you, Father, and pray that we might be doers of your word and not just hearers. We pray, Father, by power of your Holy Spirit, you enable us to live out the difficult things in our marriage and the difficult things in our singleness. Father God, we commit ourselves unto you. Put your hedge of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, Amen. Bethlehem, you are dismissed. Bethlehem. Thank you for listening once again to A Word from the Lord, the podcast. My name again is Pastor Michael Eaton. I'm your host for today's program. I want to thank you uh, for tuning in and also would encourage you if this uh, program encourage your hearts, minds, and soul in Christ Jesus, we want to pray that you would sow a seed into this ministry. We thank those who gave the end of the year gift. Last year, I want to encourage those who are listening and who are encouraged in the ministry um, to give. Visit our website at uh, www.awftlwith.michaelandkimberlyeton.org. Again, our website is www.awftlwith.michaelandkimberlyeton.org. Our phone number is one. 855-510-1397. Again, our phone number is 1-855-510-1397. Uh, 
and you can support our ministry by giving us a call or visiting our website. There are two initiatives up there, the encouragement initiatives. You can get four books for $60 in the Hang In There Encouragement Initiative. And also, uh, for a gift of any cost, you can get the book entitled The Secret to My Best Life. You're starting in the new year. And if you want to know the secret to your best life, you need to start with God first.